0: The word I like to use is extra.
1: No
0: Do you know her sign? No
1: Franzi, I would drink today.
0: No I look I think I'm kind of psychic. No
1: filter, no filter, no filter. It's like, am I psychic or am I an empath? You are listening to No Filter Friendship with Jen and Haley.
0: I'm Jen Gregorio. And I'm Haley McNutt. And together, we are two friends who talk too much. Welcome back, everybody. What's up, fam? (laughs) (laughs) We're back in action. Happy Friday. We're back in action.
1: Happy NFF Friday, everybody. We hope that you had a good week and that we've survived another week in this pandemic levado. Yes. Yes, yes. I have said Pandemic Lovato or, like, Panini Press mm-hmm. to, like, random boys on dating websites, and they all think that it's – like, they don't get it. They don't get it? They're like, what do you mean? Like, was that a typo? And I'm like, no, it wasn't a typo, you idiot. Are you on the internet at all? Bruh. How do you not know well, this?
0: Well, I, I think that just shows that they, like, don't have – cool friends right like that's that's really what it comes back to yeah that's why i unmatched them because yeah. i'm not interested
1: if you don't know the joke i'm done i'm out
0: <laughs> red
1: flag or deal breaker that's
0: a fucking deal breaker yeah i agree steven thinks it's so stupid and annoying when i say those things but he's always like why don't you just say the word and i'm like because i don't need to bitch like you already understood yeah, you get it.
1: <laughs> wait actually i saw a tiktok classic Classic start of a sentence Mm -hmm. for me last night where it was this girl saying, change the word drunk, like switch out the word drunk with literally any verb in a sentence and it will make sense. Like, oh, I got so, oh my God, what's a verb? I can't think of a (laughs) verb right now. (laughs) Singing? I got so sung last night or like I got so... Oh my god! Like I don't even know what happened last night because I was so pushed. Interesting. Yeah, she was like, "I'm convinced that it still works," and I don't know if I agree. But it was a funny I idea.
0: I don't know if I agree either. But I feel like drunk me would totally try that. You know, yeah. like if I'm already intoxicated, I'm totally pushed. Yes, exactly. Like I would do some dumb shit like that, and people would be like, mm, "I don't, I don't get it." Hey, no. Layne, what, what are you talking no. about? <laughs> I actually was thinking about this, Jen. You know how you're like, oh yeah, I'm always saying like I saw this TikTok, blah blah blah. Yeah, I realized that my version is I always say I saw a tweet that said, mm, "Yes, you we're do. like always yeah. bringing up one of those something from Listen, one of those apps,
1: social media." It's an influence, <laughs> and I will say something that's funny about that is that I think TikToks and Twitter both end up on Instagram. That's very
0: true, but Instagram does not end up on TikTok and Twitter.
1: Correct. Like Instagram is a is like a microcosm collection Mm -hmm. of the best tweets and the best TikToks Mm -hmm. or not even necessarily the best, but like the most popular
0: or whatever. Dude, that's high key. So true. Somebody actually the other day tweeted and said, I don't even know why I go on this app anymore when all of the tweets are on Twitter or on Instagram. (laughs) Right. They are. They're all on Instagram and they're just memed. That's true. I do feel like, though, that it depends on who you follow on Instagram more. Like, on Twitter, because of the algorithm, you can see, like, almost anything on there as long Mm, as it's kind of related to the people you follow. Whereas on Instagram, obviously, unless you're on your explore page, you're only seeing things from people you follow. That's so true. Yeah. Because you can see, like, if somebody retweets or if somebody likes a tweet or something. Yes, exactly. Or even if they just follow someone. Those ones always confuse me the most. I'm like, how come this tweet... From that random person that this other person I follow follows managed to make it on my Twitter feed. I don't understand. Just the Twitter gods. For real. A.K.A. a robot. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so everybody, today is a very special episode. It's actually a very special weekend. Also. (sighs) Special is a word for it. I mean. It's a thing. It's a thing. Infamous? I don't know. Terrifying? Horrifying? (laughs) Sad. It's
0: been a year in lockdown, (laughs) y'all. In the US. We should probably preface that part because there were obviously other countries who were locked down way before us, but in the United States of America, we have officially hit one year since all that shit went down. (laughs) It's wild how little has changed in that time and In other ways, how much? Yep. It's definitely been not good. It's been bad. It's been a crazy bad fucking year. (laughs) It's been a bad time. And
1: (laughs) I hope that the next March to March situation is significantly better.
0: (sighs) Damn, I totally agree. Yeah, when I think about next March, I mean, I want to cry because the concept of having to wait an entire other year until next March seems like... Why? I mean, that's how time works. I mean, true. But in the, but <laughs> this past year felt way worse than any other year. It felt like ten years. Yes, like it does. Did, it didn't feel fast. So I don't know. Some people. I feel like people were constantly every single stage of this pandemic. People were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it's already insert month here." But like right. at the same time, everything moved so slowly. So now looking back on an entire year, I do feel like that entire year was like 10 years. Like it really did feel like it went by at a snail's pace, which is so frustrating because it was the year that we wanted to go by as quickly as possible. (laughs) Yeah. And we've said this before. We are
1: not a COVID podcast, but we also did start this podcast in the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. And we are a friendship podcast, as you know hopefully by now hopefully you know that and (laughs) friendships have been fucking weird guys like so weird in this pandemic yeah and i don't know if anybody's really talking about it like we found a few articles on the internet about it but i don't know if people are talking about it as much as it's
0: affecting people. Mm, yes, I completely agree. And I think too, what's also worth noting is that people like those articles we found that we were sharing with each other weren't written until mm. pretty far into the yeah. whole pandemic situation. And I feel like for me, I noticed this affecting myself and my friendships immediately. Like, Immediately. Even just even before everything officially got shut down and we all were sent home, etc. Which really, I mean, I guess for a lot of people that happened on different dates. I know for me in Maryland and in like the Baltimore area, my last day of work was March 13th. I think it was for me too. Yeah. And the last day that I like went anywhere to see anyone who I didn't know was the 14th because I worked actually a wedding that morning, which is... Kind of funny. In hindsight, <laughs> we made it work. And I did not get COVID from that situation. We love that so for you. We really love that for you. Fucking God. <laughs> yeah. What, what about you? What was your last week, your day or weekend or whatever like before all this happened?
1: So I think it was the 13th or 14th that. We all left work And then the weekend after that Was St. Patrick's Day
0: Mm, Oh yes
1: And they were like trying to decide if they were gonna Because there's usually a big St. Patrick's Day parade in Boston and Southie I know,
0: very classic.
1: <laughs> and I remember them trying to figure out if they were going to cancel it. I think they ended up canceling it. I think they did and too cuz I remember
0: like pissed. reading the news on online and being like, I can't believe they can't have this parade, right? Like I kept saying like yeah. that seems crazy, right? Like for St. Patrick's were Day, come so on. So
1: mad about it. Yeah. yeah. I know, like who cares? Sorry, the Irish. Irish. <laughs> um but anyway, and then I think that weekend I was supposed to go actually speed dating. Oh. With my friend Kathleen, which is so funny. So Kathleen ended up coming over because she lives in Burlington. So she came over. We were like drink. We like drank a bunch of wine before we were supposed to go to this bar. And I was like, I wonder if they're gonna cancel this. Like this seems not safe. Like I don't really know what's going on. So I ended up emailing the the people and I was like, is this still on? And they emailed me back and they were like, Oh, sorry, no, we canceled it. But nobody had told us. Why like didn't we were they tell we were gonna you? show up to the bar. Yeah, oh they god. did not say anything. That's awful. We literally were gonna just show up to the bar for speed dating and nobody was gonna be
0: <laughs> there. Oh my god, that's insane.
1: So and anyway, so Kathleen and I ended up just drinking more wine in my condo I mean, and we did not go speed dating. That's
0: fine. That's probably for the best. That's crazy. Yeah, and then we
1: did an online speed dating. Like, two months later, which yeah, was not was an experience, not good. for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nope,
1: it was not good. But anyway, how
0: have your friendships been this year? Dude, that is the million-dollar queue, I feel. Mm. Because it's hard to say. Like, so many of my friendships feel like they're just floating, waiting mm-hmm. for some sort of momentum to pick back up so that they can get back in motion. But yeah. Um, but I would say that's really mostly just true of the ones that are not as close to me, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. not the very inner circle, but a little bit further out circle. My inner inner circle has been pretty good. I I think I struggled a lot in the beginning with like figuring out how much communication I needed with them and what the best way to do that communicating was, like, was it Zoom? Was it text? Was it FaceTime? Was it calls? Like, I don't know. And then also trying to balance, like, how much time I wanted to spend virtually bonding with people versus how much time I wanted to spend, like, taking care of myself or, like, focusing on my immediate Mm -hmm. household. Right. I feel like I still am discovering that there are, like, better ways or different ways to communicate with some of my friends really like in a more friend specific Mm -hmm. way. Like some friends might be better at doing zoom hangouts than others. Mm -hmm. But I think I've gotten it down a lot better now than I did last spring because last spring really just felt like the fucking wild west for communication. Like I know it was just insanity. Like you would like everybody was willing to try everything Mm -hmm. which was like exciting but also overwhelming because all of a sudden Mm. you're like holy shit i have to learn all these new platforms i have to like try all these new things i have all these like social engagement virtual dates which was such a juxtaposition to how everything was the weekend of march like 14th when everything got canceled for two full weeks right all of a sudden my calendar started to fill up again with zoom calls at virtual happy hours and lunches and, and it was kind of like exciting, but also a lot considering everything else that was going on. Like it felt like, oh, this is another thing that I have to like add to my plate right now, yeah. which isn't really how it's supposed to feel. So I think now I have a way better balance. yeah. But it's obviously not the same. Like, I don't get the same joy or connection as I would if I was able to see people in person how I normally would and and go out and Mm. actually, like, do things together. But in some ways, it's been good-ish, I guess. interesting. It's, like, the good stuff that's come out of this is, I think, what a lot of people have had as far as good stuff, that they're able to connect better with people who aren't close to them, like, physically close to them. Yeah, Right. But that connection isn't as strong as it would be if you were able to have it in person. So yep. it's good, but it's not the best, I guess, version of yeah, what could be happening. Right. And then there's been a lot of stuff that's just been, I don't know, I guess a little bit unsatisfying or less satisfying as it would than it would mm. be if everything was normal. Yeah, totally. What about you? <sighs> Dude, my
1: friendships have struggled. <laughs> struggled. Yeah. Like some of them have been okay. Some of them have gotten stronger. Like, I would say our friendship has gotten stronger. Yeah, that's true. Partially because we started a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but also, like, because we don't live in the same city. So now it's like, like you said, we have, oh, let's Zoom, you know. Right. Or like, let's FaceTime. I FaceTimed a lot more with my friends who live in England and in California and like yeah. wherever else my friends live. Um. But I think my friendships in Boston have just like kind of been so bad (laughs) (laughs) it's just been like a really weird year and like the timing of everything was weird so basically like i moved out of my apartment in january of last year Mm. because i bought my condo
0: yes very auspicious timing i know and then i got a new roommate in
1: february who is great Jess is awesome, but like we were not friends
0: right. in February. You, were, you just met each other. Yeah.
1: We were, she was a random person I met on Facebook, and my friends were all still living together and seeing each other. And they basically created this like quarantine bubble mm-hmm. that did not include me. And it didn't include me because Jess, my roommate, got COVID early on. Mm. So she got COVID, and I. I was, like, so scared. I didn't know what the fuck to do because yeah. it was, like, March. Right. Nobody knew anything. <laughs> right. So I literally was like, she's going to die in my condo. Oh, like, no, I'm God. never going to be able to find another roommate because she's going to die in here. And then you were also
0: probably didn't thinking die. I might she's die, fine. too, because you're in well, the same Well, also, space. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So I quarantined hardcore for two weeks. Like, I made my sister come buy me groceries and, like, leave them in my front door. Yeah. Like, I would not leave. Which
0: is still what you're supposed to do, to be fair. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Totally. But I was just so, so scared. So, I didn't do anything. And every time I would call my friends, like, they were all physically together and I was the only one who wasn't. And so, like, they would be having conversations together in person While I'm on FaceTime, and like, I couldn't really hear what they were talking about. So then I would get frustrated. And also I had like tons of FOMO. Like, obviously I was sad that I wasn't physically with them. So I would just like hang up because I was like mad Mm. um, and sad. And I think I was – I think recently I realized like I've just been needier. Like I'm just needier as a person (laughs) this year. Yeah. Because normally – I'm in the office, I'm busy, I'm in meetings, I'm talking to people, blah, 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 blah. But now that we're working from home and now that I'm unemployed, I want more communication with my friends. Mm. So I just think I'm needier and I didn't get any of that. And so my friendships just continued to go south, yeah. just south and south and south. And then the longer I didn't talk to them about it, the worse it got and the more uncomfortable I got. And then finally we had a conversation about it and it was like, Things are better now, but they're still not where great. they should be. Yeah. You know, we've had tons of conversations about it, but I still don't think they're where they were. And I don't know if they ever will get back to that. And that sucks to think about. So and those were like my best friends in Boston. Right. Luckily I have some other friends that I've been able to lean on more, like you <laughs> and or mm-hmm who's in Austin. So, like, we've done a lot of FaceTiming and texting and whatever. And, like, my family's kind of been my bubble for the year. They've been the Quarantine. Actually, our Christmas cards, which yes. you got one, <laughs> was us. And it was, like, Merry Christmas from our Quarantine, which was Very cute. cute. Anyway. <laughs> so, like, I definitely have spent so much time with my family this year. Yeah. So that's been good. Like, my, I think my friendships with my sisters has – and and my future brother-in-law have improved because we are kind of a quarantine bubble and I see them all the time and that's good yeah but my non-familiar my non-familial friendships have definitely gone down yeah and then obviously the acquaintances or like friends that I have that I'll go get drinks with or go get dinner with those are sometimes I'll text people and be like what's up but It's not even like there's anything going on, really. (laughs) Yeah. I just feel like all of my conversations end up talking about COVID and the newest science that's coming out and, like... How the vaccine's going. Yeah. Every conversation ends up coming back to it, and I fucking hate that. (sighs) It makes me so mad. Yeah. Especially, I think, at the beginning of this. Like, I remember FaceTiming my friend Julian, who lives in London, and... Our, I think we had like
0: a two hour conversation about just coronavirus. Yeah.
1: Because we were like, what's happening here? What's happening there? Yeah,
0: that's very true. I definitely remember in the beginning like having that feeling of like, is there a way to have a conversation where we can avoid talking about it? And there really you cannot. was not. Well, <laughs> but also because there was nothing else happening. I mean, literally, and the world really shut isn't. down. Yeah, and now even, right. like, there's some stuff kind of happening, but not really. Well, there was, like, like, a lot of
1: political conversations that I was having last fall, Yeah, and now I'm unemployed, so I'm talking about that,
0: but that's yeah. about it. But, like, all we have to talk about is what's going on in the world, and when the only thing going on in the world is a global <laughs> yes. pandemic, like, yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about. Like, I also end up having a lot of conversations about TV shows and movies. Oh, that's so true. Anything that helps you escape from this world.
1: Right. Like, I don't mind having those conversations. But to me, talking about TV and movies is like, a thing that you do when you're done having, like, a real conversation. <laughs> a thing that you
0: do you know? when you have nothing else to talk about with that person.
1: It feels, like, a more like a small talk it thing is. than anything. I agree. To well, be like, I mean, oh, what are you watching these days? Or, like, because everyone has access to TV. Yeah. So you can find something to talk about yeah. with, like, a TV show. So it feels, like, more like a small talk conversation than anything
0: to me. I think it can be more than a small talk conversation. But I do yeah, think it can that be. it... it yeah, you're right. It is definitely a small talk topic, for sure. Yeah, I. that's so true. And I remember, too, in the beginning, like, at work, everybody would get so frustrated having to talk about the pandemic, like, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, every single meeting was like, how are we doing? Like, what's yes, going on? every how fucking do you meeting. Feel? And there were so many people who would, like, complain and be like, I'm doing exactly the same as I was last yeah. week. Like, please stop asking me. I personally never, Don't like, talk to me! Yeah, like, I personally never really minded having people ask, mm-hmm. especially because I was also starting to recognize how much I needed to express how I felt, but right. I do think, like, I also understood that it gets tiring to be reminded over and over again of the inescapable reality that you're living in <laughs> that is less than ideal. Like, I also understand that very well. Yes. But this hellscape that we're living like, in <laughs> for real. But actually, Jen, so, you know what's interesting is I never thought about what you said before about how you like were having FOMO because your friends were still in a pod together and you weren't mm-hmm. in that pod. Yeah, because I feel like so many of us had the opposite experience at the beginning of this pandemic where FOMO totally. was erased. Because it was like, no one's doing anything. I think it was stronger for me. Which is like absolutely horrific because you're the person who's the most affected by FOMO. Like, out of everybody I know, certainly. I have FOMO real bad. Yes. Real bad. Like, it's like... (laughs) It's called anxiety. It's, like, debilitating FOMO. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, I'm, I, like, can't even believe I didn't think about that before because I remember, and this might sound like crazy talk, and it even kind of feels like crazy talk a little bit now, but, like, (laughs) I remember the euphoria of everything Mm. getting canceled. That was the first time in my entire life that I could remember having two weeks of no plans. Like, that yeah. that isn't a thing for me. Like, I'm, right. you know, both of us, we're always booked. Like, we are booked and ready mm-hmm. to go. So- That's so true.
1: And my therapist, actually, like, right before the pandemic, actually for, like, a year before the pandemic, <laughs> we've been trying to figure out how to get more, like, me time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking had enough me time this year. I'm I'm out.
0: I'm out. <laughs> your your therapist was like, this isn't what I intended. Yeah. Like. <laughs> she was like, Did we need to find help? a balance for you.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I'm going crazy. <laughs> but I, I totally had the same experience where it was like, I never took time for myself and I got really overwhelmed by the amount of stuff mm-hmm. that I committed to, even though I love having those plans and I loved being yeah. committed and having social engagements. Of course it was a lot. Like, even though I love it, it still is exhausting. It still, like, takes time away from being able to take care of myself. And so Mm -hmm. those first two weeks, like, even that day when I worked that wedding, I got home and all I did for the rest of that day was read a book, play ukulele, and, like, lie on my bed scrolling through my phone. That's lovely. I had never had a day like that where I could just do nothing. and. Little did I know, (laughs) I was about to have... So you'd have a whole year of doing that. Yes, of doing that. But at the time, I was like, this is beautiful. Especially Mm -hmm. when everything felt very tumultuous.
1: Yeah, I never had that piece, I'm going to be honest. Yeah.
0: Well, and I do think I should probably also say it was very short-lived. Like, that piece did not last long because my anxiety... The next day, you were like, fuck. Yeah, and also my anxiety was like... Excuse
1: yeah. me. Well, that's that's the other thing with friendships I think that we've all had to deal with in the last year is people have very different thoughts and feelings yeah. and emotions and whatever yeah. about what is safe and what is not safe. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that we really have is the science and the science has been kind of – there and it's not been not there and it's all over the place it's like wear a mask don't
0: wear a mask wear two masks wear one mask whatever like down every single item from the grocery store as soon as you get home oh actually it's fine if you touch your packages as soon as they're delivered
1: Right. Like, oh, wait, it can't live on a surface. Oh, wait, it can live in a surface for only this amount. On like, this surface, it lives for this long. On this surface, it lives for this long. <laughs> and really, all we can go off of is the CDC guidelines, which are kind of broad. Vague. And very not vague. very specific. <laughs> yeah. They're very vague. And so there's this whole gray area of what's definitely not safe to do and what's extremely, extremely safe to do where to the point where you're not leaving your house and you're not going anywhere ever. Mm. And you're not seeing anybody. And there's this gray area between them. That's huge. Where I think a lot of – it's huge. And that's where we're all living. That's where we're all living. And because of that, it's been so hard to figure out where in that gray area everybody else is. And it's honestly really hard not to get judged and not to be judging of other people. There's that gray area where people are saying, you know, I obviously want to be safe for the pandemic, but I also want to be aware of my mental health. And that gray area is where there's judgment. Yeah. And I think I've gotten judged for my friends and I think I've judged my friends. And that's
0: also caused some tension, too. Yes. Well, I think the tension part that you just hit on is really the thing that we're all avoiding talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there mm-hmm. you're totally right. There is judgment. Both ways, both sides. Either both you're doing ways. too much or you're doing too little.
1: And there's no right answer. I don't think. Like there's no one specific way to do
0: it. There's no rule book for a pandemic. Right. Or the rule book that we have is severely lacking. <laughs> it doesn't include. Yeah. Sorry, CDC. Rules. <laughs> Be a little bit better. <laughs> well, and also like. Fucking the government, they suck. That too. That too. Because <laughs> i I've had I've been like a fucking broken record since the beginning of this thing. But every time I think about how I get angry when somebody that I know or care about in some way goes out and does something that I would deem like reckless or mm-hmm. irresponsible in this pandemic. I also have to remind myself that the only reason they're doing it in the first place is because nobody has told them this is reckless and irresponsible because they're too busy working on their personal agenda, which Mm -hmm. inevitably in our government is trying to make money. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, I'm mad at them, but I also can't entirely blame them. Like they're victims of the complete bungling that we've had of handling this pandemic just as everybody else is. Totally. I don't know. It's hard. There are times when I see what people do online and I'm like, oh, it's so obvious that that's a bad idea. Like, to me, I'm like, come right. on. Like, yeah, anybody would know that that was stupid and that you right. shouldn't have done that. But there are probably people who look at what I do and maybe think the same thing. I don't know. It's hard to say. Right. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. It
1: really sucks when you're constantly being feared of judgment from mm-hmm. your friends. Mm-hmm. Like, that's also not a good vibe. Yeah.
0: But you're right, because your mental health is also health, and it's important to make sure that you're taking care of that and you need you can't be alone all the time. That's not that's not gonna work no. for you. No, no.
1: Guys, I'm a hundred percent extrovert. <laughs> it's
0: bad out here. It's bad. Yeah. Oh god, I remember at the beginning when everybody was like All the introverts were like, this is my dream. I have waited my entire life to be told I can't see anyone for two weeks. And I was like, I will kill you. And all the extroverts were like, this is my hell. I want (laughs) to (laughs) die. And I remember talking to my friends who were introverts and they were like, are you okay? Like... You're not enjoying this time to just, like, be on your own. No, bitch, I'm not. And I'm like, no, I'm literally going insane. Yep. It's not a vibe, okay? It's not a vibe. Which is, I think, why I've been more needy,
1: because I'm not surrounded by people at all times, which I need. Yeah. And I know that I need that. And being surrounded by people on Zoom is absolutely
0: not the same thing. No. Completely different. I think this is a good time to start talking about the survey that we did. Yeah. So that was
1: fun. It was
0: so fun. Oh my god, Jen and I (laughs) were like actually losing our minds while we were watching the responses roll in on this survey. I cannot like not exaggerating. We were like, oh my god, more people answered. Yeah. But so for those of you who don't follow us on Instagram, first of all, you should fuck you. Second of all we'll forgive you if you go ahead and do it right now. We are mm-hmm. at no filter friends with a z at the end. Yes. Instagram, Twitter. Yes, Instagram and Twitter. But we did a survey kind of like informally on our Instagram account on the stories. And we use like a combination of polls and like multiple choice questions and things like that as well as like open response ones. So We got some really interesting responses. Some of these I could say I was expecting, and a lot of these I actually was, like, pretty impressed. same. So let's go through them. We can talk about the responses that we got from other people, and then we'll also talk a little bit about, like, our own personal answers. Yes. Um, First one. Have you seen any friends since March 2020 indoors and with a mask off? 75% said yes, and 25% Hmm. said no. And you you voted yes, right? I said yes. I voted no. I did question what exactly would count. You wrote the question, Haley. Oh my god, I know. I did this to myself, honestly. (laughs) There were there were a couple questions where I was like, I don't know what my answer is. And I was like, maybe I could have made it clearer, but I just also think it's hard for me to know. I don't know, because the way that I read the question is not necessarily the same way somebody else is going to read the question. So I was trying to think in terms of, like, what are most people going to expect to be the answer? Yeah. Technically, I have seen people who I do not live with indoors and with a mask off. But also, technically, those people aren't my friends. They were... What, really it was only mm. one person and it was my roommate's partner so mm-hmm. and i didn't really interact with them very much mm-hmm. um when they come no over. that doesn't count so i yeah i figured that didn't count and when i thought about it count. every other friend i've seen wore a mask when we were inside and they only took them off when we were outside so i haven't seen any friends indoors and with a mask off in a year <laughs> Which is that's insane up. what about your family have you seen your family indoors without masks Only one time indoors with mask off. And since then, it's only ever been mask on. That's all. Mask on. I was just going to say, I just just got that song stuck in my head. Do
1: you have the (laughs) antibodies? Do you want to be with me? me? Do you have the antibodies? Because if you don't, don't. you better stay away. Stay away. Such a fucking good song. (laughs) I am... High key obsessed with
0: Nicholas Brown. I'm obsessed with him too he's incredible I'm in love with him I think he's my ideal man I mean I loved him as cousin Greg but now Understanding what he's like outside Of succession I'm like oh I'm just in love with you like that's Just yeah that's you're just my new husband Now sorry Stephen anyway Actually wait I just remembered one other Thing I have actually seen Heather And Alex indoors without a mask on Because we isolated for two weeks Mm. Prior to seeing each other I feel like that's a little bit different because we did isolate beforehand, but I don't know. Maybe it's not. Heather's going to listen to this episode and be like, that absolutely fucking counts, Haley. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. You guys be the judge. Did I answer that wrong? Okay. <laughs> Next question. If you've seen friends indoors and without a mask, how many are we talking at once? And this was multiple choice. You could do either only one, two to three, four to eight, or nine plus. Obviously, there was no right answer. We just wanted to hear what people thought. Jen, what's your response? Do you remember?
1: Uh, Four to eight.
0: Four to eight. Okay. So yeah, overwhelmingly, the majority was two to three. 29 mm. people said two to three. Only six people said only one person at a time. Mm. 12 people said four to eight. So that was the second biggest group. And only two people said nine plus. So it sounds mm. like two to three seems to be the sweet spot, which I guess makes sense because if you're going to have somebody over they're probably not coming alone, right? Like they're probably coming yeah. with someone else too. So right. that makes sense.
1: Yeah. My my friends and I have seen each other.
0: We usually get tested before we see each other, which gives us peace of mind. Yeah. Better than not getting tested, I guess. Yeah. Totally. um, That's actually our next question. Have you gotten tested before seeing friends when able to? Constantly. Our responses were 52% always and 48% not really. So almost 50-50. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder how much of that is also related to, though, people's ability to get tested in the first place.
1: I was just going to say, because for me, it's pretty easy for me to get tested where I live. There's an East Boston Health Center that has appointments. I could make an appointment right now for tomorrow if I wanted to, probably. Yeah. And it's, you know, response in two days, and it's free. So, yeah. like, for me, it's super easy to get tested, and I feel, like, really lucky. And I have taken advantage of that, I'm going to be honest. like. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've gotten tested, like, once a week. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. No, you're For all about For the last few it. months, at least. I'm all about testing. <laughs> I love that thing getting shoved up my nose.
0: Ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually... My answer was also always, because if I've been able to, I also have always been mm-hmm. getting tested before seeing anyone. Um, but it. Yeah, you're right. There are definitely a lot of places and there were a lot of time periods where it was hard to get tested. Like if you were trying to get tested before a holiday, you were fucked. Yeah. So if that was the only time when you were seeing friends, I can see why you were not able to get tested at the time. But we also now know, obviously, that getting tested is not really a fail, like a safe, what am I trying to say? Fail safe. I think I'm trying to say fail safe, but I was also going to say it's not failure proof.
1: Okay. I don't
0: sure, know. Same thing. But anyway, <laughs> we now know that <laughs> getting tested is not like a perfect form of deciding whether or not something is safe, right? I think testing more than anything just gives people like
1: comfort. Comfort. Yeah. Like a yeah. comfortable state of mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even if it's not necessarily 100% foolproof. Full- full that's what you were full trying to proof. say. Foolproof. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not 100% foolproof, but it makes people feel better. Mm. And more comfortable. Yeah, that's very true. My dumbass was like, oh, my God, when there's testing available, we can go back into the office.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> Jen. Um, all right. Next one. I love that I wrote this question. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Have you had to cancel <laughs> seeing someone because they weren't as careful as you were when it came to COVID? 91% said yes. That's wild. And only 9% said no. There was a That's time. we wild. We should probably also say we got about 50 responses on this survey as a whole. And there was a time mm-hmm. where it was just 100% said yes. Yeah. That was up until almost the very end. Every single person had had an experience where they had to cancel plans with somebody that they're friends with because they weren't as careful as they thought they should have been leading up to those mm-hmm. plans, basically. Which is so fucking interesting to me. I feel like it's that's such a hard conversation to have. Yes. And it apparently a shit ton of us have had it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it causes a lot of tension. Yes. Because even though you're not saying I don't want to see you, it it, it feels, feels that like way. that.
0: Yes. It feels it personal feels even way. though it's not really a personal thing. It's just yes. a safety yeah, precaution.
1: And when I've, I've had a lot of those conversations where I've been like, okay, where have you been? What have you been doing? Like, blah, 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 mm-hmm. before I hang out with somebody. And those are also really hard
0: conversations,
1: too, because it's yeah. like, I'm not judging that I am. but I don't mean to be, but, <laughs> but I am.
0: I'm asking you so I can make an informed judgment. <laughs> Like, like, I'm not trying to judge you, but like, I need to make a judgment call here. Right, exactly. And it's a really weird conversation to have with a friend. It's very difficult. We both answered yes on this one also, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's one specific instance that happened to me, which I have discussed previously on the podcast where I had to tell somebody that I wasn't comfortable Mm -hmm. seeing them. My like one of my absolute best friends, Laura, was the person who I had to say this to. And it was incredibly uncomfortable for me, Mm -hmm. which sucks because I was trying to be honest. I was trying to take care of myself and like, yeah, and and also her by extension, like I would never want her to get exposed either, but I felt like the worst friend in the world. Like it made me feel (laughs) like such a bad person because right. Even though I knew I wasn't judging her as a human, I felt like she's going to feel like I'm judging her and I don't want her to. And There's no way for you to communicate that discomfort without it coming across as, like, I'm uncomfortable with you when Mm -hmm. really it's just I'm just not comfortable with, like, what you did leading up until this point.
1: Yeah. Not an easy conversation to have. And I will say that I've been on the other end of that situation where there hasn't been open communication and it's worse.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like, like, having somebody... Not invite you to go places because of where you've been and just not telling you. Yeah. Which is worse. Honestly, it's it's worse to just like know in the back of your head, but them not say it. Like they're not even
0: courageous enough to tell you. That's fair. And actually something that I wanted to talk about in this episode too, that I'm being reminded of now is, I should probably also have said this at the beginning. A lot of my closest friends do not live locally to me. Mm. The only, like, best, best friend I have who lives in Maryland, actually, there's two, really, are Laura, the friend who I was just talking about, and also my friend Mia. They live Mm. locally, and they are really the only people who I'm, like, super, like, really in that inner circle that I have Mm. here other than family. So I do think that actually plays a huge role in how this pandemic and, like, not being able to see people panned out for me because people who I love very dearly who weren't following guidelines as strictly as I was, most of them did not live near me. So there Mm was really an opportunity to see them in person anyway. Yes. You're a great example, Jen. Cause I mean, and we've talked about this many times, but like we have very different standards of safety for this pandemic and If we were able to see each other in person, I probably wouldn't be comfortable some, at least part of the time of the pandemic. I wouldn't have been comfortable seeing you in person. But because we don't live near each other, that didn't matter. We're just like, see you on the internet. (laughs) Exactly. We were able to hang out (laughs) as normal. Like, we didn't have to even think about it. So in that way, it's almost been Mm -hmm. like a relief. A blessing. Yeah, like friends who I could still connect with regularly, who I didn't have to worry about having that uncomfortable Mm -hmm. conversation. But then also, I just in that's general so have less people near me who I would even have like the opportunity yep. to see in person. So that's so true. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And ties in with the next question, which is Are you feeling any new tension in your friendships <laughs> since COVID started? <laughs> I think it's pretty clear what we answered. Um, <laughs> definitely. Yes. Hard yes. <laughs> Um, 74% of people replied 100%. Yes, that is definitely happening. And 26% said, nah, no tensions.
1: I would like to have a conversation with those 26 people to figure out how.
0: Well, you know what I was thinking? I want to know how. I was actually thinking about this when I was looking at the results. Because again, this was a question where for a very long time, it was 100% yes. Like nobody yeah. was saying, no, I'm not I'm literally tensions. confused by that. To be honest, I think... That part of the situation with this question in particular might be that those 26% of people might be the ones who other people feel uncomfortable about. Like, they're the ones maybe making decisions that their friends are like, oh, I feel weird seeing them because they're doing stuff that I don't like... But they're, like, not having an honest conversation about it. So those 26% of people are like, no, my friends are totally cool. They don't care at all. But in reality, their friend is in the 74% crew.
1: So you're saying that those 26 people are just unaware? They're just, like,
0: self-unaware of what's going on? They might be. I mean, obviously, that's just a guess. But, like, I could see that being... I could see somebody answering this question being like, no, my friendships are totally fine. But in reality, they might be, like... Causing some tension that they're not aware of because their friend hasn't told them about it and been honest.
1: Damn! I want to see who did that. If you answered no to that, please, <laughs> please contact me immediately. I
0: have some questions. Please contact me immediately. <laughs> Message our account if you have answered <laughs> no. I need to know. DM us at No Filter Friends with a Z at the end and let us know how you've managed to avoid tension because. It really feels overwhelmingly like everybody has had some tension. And it's probably because of what we just talked about, like having to cancel plans with someone at the last minute because they Mm -hmm. weren't safe enough. Like that causes tension. It does. Unfortunately. Um, All right. Next up. Are you still keeping up with friends over video like Zoom, Skype, Mm. etc.? Or did that trend die in spring 2020? (laughs) (laughs) 47% said yes regularly and 53% said it's dead (laughs) it's dead (laughs) it It was a 50 50 split I actually voted yes regularly on this one even though I don't have as many of these like zoom hangouts and things as I used to yeah because like in the spring oh my god people like went in on the zoom hangouts Oh my God, they were so exhausting. Yeah, I definitely don't have as many as I used to, but I do still have them every so often. And I feel like that still counts. That's
1: true. I have not had nearly as many as I did in spring. I have them with my friend in London, a good amount. like Yeah. But I feel like I have them more now with people that don't
0: live here. That's true. I wonder too if it has to do with your work because... For those of us mm. who Zoom all day, every day... Zoombies. You become a be. Yeah. Having to do more Zooms, like, almost feels like a punishment. Yes. You're like, please no. Please not another one. Yeah. But for people who are essential workers, they're... Obviously, they're seeing people in person, but not their friends. So for them, right. having a nice Zoom day or FaceTime is kind of like a treat. And... Or at least, you know, I'm speculating. I'm not one of those people. I am on Zoom literally all day, every day. And it is the fucking worst having to stay on a fucking screen later. But yeah, I do wonder if maybe that's part of the divide as well. That people who are essential workers probably are more happy to have regular yeah. Zooms. Like, my regular Zooms that I have with people, somebody in those groups is an essential worker, like, for all of them. So. mm mm-hmm. It's a little bit different. Okay, and then the last few questions that we had, we did some open-ended response ones. This is the good stuff. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I think... I don't know. I just was so happy to see that people were able to, like, be very honest with us about how they were feeling. So honest. So the first question we did was, what has changed with your friendships in the pandemic? Kind of open-ended. We got the most responses to this question. One... Which I think a lot of people felt was true for them was it really made you look at who is important and who can be in your bubble. Mm -hmm. Like, who do you trust? Who do you want to make sure that you can still see regularly? Which I think especially for you is true, Jen. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had a very set bubble, but it was only with the people who were like the most important to you, really.
1: Yeah. My family.
0: Yeah. One person said, some people seem to not want to connect virtually. Have you had issues with that, Jen?
1: Um, not really, but I feel like it kind of has to do with what you were saying about when you're on Zoom all day, and then at night someone's like, "Let's Facetime," and you're like, "No!" If I have to talk to somebody on the internet one more time, I'm going to scream. <laughs> I think that I think really that's what it has to do with. Yeah, people just being really tired. Like, I wonder if that person isn't somebody who has to like Zoom every day. And that's probably why like at the end of the night, they want to have that treat of a FaceTime date or a Zoom date or something. And their friends are people that have to Zoom all
0: day and they want (laughs) to (laughs) die. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I've also had so many people complain about like big Zoom calls which I get. Yeah, they're awful. Big Zoom calls are, yeah, they are not great ways to communicate because you can't have side conversations. It's just one person at a time. And if you're in a mm-hmm. Zoom room with like 30 people, that's no fun mm-hmm. and it's not a good interaction. I've actually really enjoyed like Jackbox. Ugh, yes. Jackbox is so Games good. Games
1: via the internet have been like so helpful because like we said, when you get on a Zoom like that, first of all, it's really awkward. And like hard to know who's talking and you can't talk over each other. But also I just don't think that there's that much to talk about. So a Jackbox game gives you something to do and like gives you something to talk about, to be honest.
0: Yeah. My favorite Zoom things, virtual hangouts, have been games. Yeah. That was another point that somebody sent in, not talking to them as much as I normally do, mainly because there's nothing to talk about. Mm. (laughs) Like Retweet, dude. Retweet my dude. Yeah. Coming back to what we said in the beginning of this episode where it's like, Ooh, everybody's just talking about the pandemic. Like you get sick of it. So sick of it. We need other things to discuss. That's also why I like to do um movie hangouts on the Yeah, I've done too. a few of those.
1: Those are good. Yeah. Those are good.
0: Um this one just made me LOL, but it's accurate. If I didn't talk to you pre-COVID Susan, what makes you think we should totally catch up now? <laughs> 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 oh, it's so true. <laughs> It is very true. It's, it's like, so if funny. I only have
1: this much mental capacity to talk to somebody, I'm not going to talk to somebody that I don't give a shit about. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: Yes. We also have, there were a handful of people who talked about the difficulty of trying to tell somebody that they're not being as safe as you want them to. Mm. And getting frustrated with the fact that they won't change their behavior in order to see you. There were people who said, like, people who don't take the same precautions, like, as seriously as I do is fine, but Mm -hmm. if you're pretending to be cautious and constantly saying that you want to see me, then, like, why am I friends with you? And and one person even Mm -hmm. said, I've had to take a step back and reevaluate my friendships with those people because if they're willing to lie and cheat their way through a pandemic just to be comfortable, are they the type of friend that I want? no. Whoa. Yeah. I've never thought about that. That's crazy. Yeah. I definitely have thought about that. Not, not with close friends, but with more like periphery friends. I don't think I've had any friends that have lied or that
1: I know have lied to me about like being safe, but I guess like, I would not like somebody to go travel and then Immediately come back and not quarantine at all And be like I want to see you
0: and just not tell me That they were traveling I can only imagine if you have a friend who's like No it's fine like I haven't seen anyone And then they actually see somebody like three days Before they're supposed to hang out yeah. with you It's like well, how am I ever supposed to trust you again Susan Yikes yeah I know that's not good fuck, Susan why is Susan the worst
1: <laughs> I'm sorry um, if anybody
0: out there's name is Susan yeah. It's not you, it's us. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there were a lot of people, too, saying, you know, I just don't talk to people as much as I normally do. One person said that they talk to friends less often, and it's actually been great for most of their friendships because it makes their talks more meaningful and less obligatory, which is interesting. Hmm. You disagree?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of my friendships have gotten – the conversations have gotten better. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised that that's happening with some people. It's just not happening to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, my friendships were, I mean, my conversations with my close friends were always pretty, I would say, deep, meaningful, strong, yeah, et cetera. I, agree.
1: I actually feel like some of the friendships, I feel like the conversations have been stupider <laughs> just because there's nothing to really talk about and like get yeah. into. So the conversations are just like stupid, Surface dumb level shit. Yeah. Mm. I think I've experienced the opposite of that actually. Really? Now that I'm thinking about it. That's very yeah. interesting. Not with all my friends, but with some of them. Yeah. Interesting,
0: interesting. Someone else actually also said that because they're not able to travel, they don't get to visit their friends very often. That's Mm. definitely been an issue for me personally. Like I, because I have so many friends who don't live locally, Mm -hmm. normally I would spend a lot of time over the course of the year going to see them in Boston, in Penn State, in California. Like I would Mm -hmm. plan trips and I'd have like more exciting, meaningful experiences with them because we'd be in person. But because of this, I have completely lost that this past year. Yep. I personally have suffered from it a lot. I don't know that my friendships have really suffered from it. I mm. I just keep feeling like some of my friendships are stuck in like suspended animation. They're not mm. moving forward or backward. They're just sort of floating there waiting for something to change.
1: I feel like I 100% agree. Like they just exist but nothing's happening. Yeah.
0: Nothing meaningful. Nothing's changing. Oh, it's so depressing. It True. is. I know. Because it's like, Fuck. I was actually just talking to my coworker about this the other day because a guy on my team, his birthday's this weekend and he's turning 27. I remember my coworker being like, you guys who are in your 20s, like, I'm so sorry that you're dealing with this while you're in your 20s because- Every year in your 20s is so precious. It's it's a time mm-hmm. of such, like, change and excitement and transition. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen next. And a lot of people feel like when you hit your 30s is when things start to settle down and life yep. gets a lot less, I don't know, dynamic, I guess you could say. Not to get really dramatic, but I'm one year closer to death. And... right. We all are. And now I just have that one less year that I get to actually do shit with. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Lindsay and you I always
1: talk about how we're pissed because I'm about to turn 28. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is probably one of the last years that, like, I would get fucked up at a bar and dance on tables. Yeah. And COVID has stolen that from us. Yeah. COVID has stolen one of my last years of dancing on tables, and that's fucked up.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and, like, I mean, again, not small beans compared to what other people have dealt with. I Obviously, know. we recognize. The next question was what kind of issues have come up that you didn't have before? A common one trying to nicely explain to friends why something isn't safe. Or like the awkwardness of having to tell someone repeatedly that you won't see them because they keep partying.
1: I also posted on my Insta story and was like, everyone go to know with their friends and like answer these questions Mm -hmm. on our Insta story. And this girl I went to high school with responded directly to my Insta story and was like, I feel murderous about people I very much love. (laughs)
0: Yeah, pretty accurate.
1: I was Um, like, same. We also
0: had a really good um, response written in from one of our listeners about how established friendships, like, things were pretty okay. Nothing really changed too much. But for Mm -hmm. the ones that were just starting, they said, like, for example, office friends and coworkers, those feel really distant. And it's harder to Mm -hmm. maintain them because... You're not, you don't have that seeing each other every day thing in common anymore, which is very real.
1: Didn't someone also say, I don't even know what an acquaintance is at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we did. Like acquaintances do not really exist these days. Mm -hmm. It's either like you're in my bubble. I'm making an effort to talk to you on the internet or Or you don't exist in my life. Yeah.
0: I don't know you. Yeah. We don't see each other.
1: Which is sad because I love an acquaintance. And
0: they're very important too. They're so important. I know. It's rough. I love you all of my acquaintances. <laughs> I love you so much. I agree. Well, another really funny one that we had somebody write in was they used to be okay with friends running late or changing plans, but now, especially if it's a repeated offense, you're cancelled. Oh my God. Wait,
1: that's so true. My friends and I have struggled a lot with like making plans. Yeah. Because I think I've told you this before, aka like literally right before we started recording. <laughs> my friends are not good at making plans Mm -hmm. because when we were not in a pandemic, it was literally just like, come over whenever. And it's like, chill and whatever. But first of all, we don't all live together anymore. And second of all, we're in a pandemic and we have to like quarantine or get tested or whatever we are going to do to like make sure that we're safe to see each other. Yeah. And it's so much harder to plan because then we've had so many fights about are we seeing each other? Are we not seeing each other? And then some people will go and get tested and some people won't and then we don't see each other and then the people that got tested are pissed because they got tested for nothing. It's yeah. like it's so much more difficult yeah. to make plans because you really have to think about what you're doing leading up to it, right? Like if you're seeing yeah. each other on the weekend, you really shouldn't be seeing anybody during the week, and you shouldn't be going anywhere, and you should be maybe getting tested. Yeah. And so if you don't have plans, you're not going to see each other. Yeah. No, you're right. So I for sure get that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it like it was already frustrating before, right, when somebody flaked on you at the last minute, but you could like totally. figure out something else to do, but- now it's like, there's no alternative. Like, <laughs> I can't just right. like call someone else up and make them come hang right. out with me or and I can't right. just like suddenly schedule this thing last minute. Spontaneity is very difficult in Doesn't a pandemic. Doesn't Yeah. Yep. We had another w- longer response written into us that I think is good to talk about. They basically said, it, you know, simplified, I they didn't think they had any stupid friends, but it turns out that they have a very small handful of friends who are legitimately su- stupid and that shocked <sighs> them
1: they said mean maybe but i don't think there's cruelty
0: in facts which
1: i mean facts are facts if you don't see a lie i don't see a lie yeah (laughs) that's very true that's very true and that comes into the judgment again that we talked about like yeah even if you don't want to you're judging every single person in your circle yeah whether you think that they're too extreme or they're not extreme enough
0: both sides are getting so judged by everybody yeah Definitely. Um, All right. And then our last question, we added this one right at the end. We wanted to know, have your friendships had positive changes from the pandemic? Far fewer responses on this one, mostly because it was Mm -hmm. the last minute ad. But we did have some people say, yes, like it forced me to be better about reaching out to like out when I'm actually thinking about people. That's something we Mm -hmm. both have talked about. And, you know, is so important to us. Um, yeah. someone said that they were it brought to light how supportive their friends are and reminding them how much they love them. There's more trustworthiness to vent and gossip about other people <laughs> <laughs> but also on random life advice. Somebody else said yes, similar to the last answer, her, their long-distance friendships got stronger. Well, mm. Some people also said yes, more time spent catching up with people who live far away and getting to Zoom with friends who aren't in the area. Yep. I feel like we got some great responses, though, to that survey. Mm-hmm. Personally, I do get surprised when I hear about people who are like, yeah, I don't really get tested. I still saw some friends. Like, you felt safe? I think that's the part that always surprises me is you felt safe. Doing that.
1: But I think that's because people have different levels of comfort these days with what's going on. Like Lindsay and Tasha came over last night. We all got tested beforehand. And like me and them and my roommate Nicole, we hung out. We like, I made dope turkey burgers. (laughs) No brag. It felt, yeah. It felt. (laughs) Safe because we had gotten tested and you know we were all familiar with what we were doing the week before so to us that felt safe but like to you that probably doesn't feel safe because of
0: your level like our like we've talked about our levels of comfort are just so different yeah even my own blood relation I thought like some of the things that they decided to do were a little (laughs) bit questionable And I remember her telling me that because they had little kids, they are forced to accept a certain level of risk in their lives. And so if that is what they have to do, then they're going to do everything by that letter because they really had no choice. And. Right, and that was really eye opening to me because obviously, like, I try not to be super judgmental, but I can't help it. I'm an it's hard not to be, yeah. And I, I hate being a person who's like, oh my god, what the fuck are they doing? And it helped me understand that some people don't have a choice; they're doing the best that they can with what they're forced to do. Yeah, and that I think a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 (laughs) Okay. 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 (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 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 (laughs)
1: Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, 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 okay. So, uh, yeah, so we I think we said it earlier, like we did find a few articles about mm-hmm. COVID yes. in the on the
0: internet on, on the internet, correct. And in the press.
1: Honestly, like I can't believe that there weren't more.
0: I mean, I maybe I'm sure there are more than obviously what we've read, but I think we both ended up finding them initially through friends. Like people sent them to us or it was like on Twitter or something. Someone we followed shared it.
1: So one of them was from the Atlantic and another one was from the Washington Post. And it's interesting because I feel like they have two very different Yeah. So the first one is very much about how like you don't really have any casual friends. Like we've kind of talked about in this episode. They don't exist. Acquaintances are no more. Right. They just don't exist. And then the other one was about how stronger relationships have become stronger. And like having a smaller pod is sometimes a positive thing, which I'm going to be honest, I don't really agree with. (laughs) I think I'm more on the side of the Atlantic article where (laughs) I'm like, I want my casual friends back immediately because I love them. Yeah.
0: What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, so the first one that I read was the one from The Atlantic. It's actually called, Mm -hmm. let me look at it. The Pandemic Has Erased Entire Categories of Friendship is the title of the article. It's written by um, a reporter, Amanda Mull. And this one was shared because basically my friend who I follow on Twitter, like shared it being like, wait, are you telling me that- these friendships are just gone that like, that I thought were still like persisting despite Mm. the situation. They just existed. Yeah. They just, yeah, they were still there and they were still important, but like, you're telling me that they're like not happening. Like they're just not, and they might never happen again. Like that's scary. I don't agree with that. But the way that this article talks about it is so interesting to me because they really specify that like camaraderie that we have with people who we don't know or who we know very little about, like Mm -hmm. not even just acquaintances, but calls it weak ties. And basically it just means acquaintances, people you see infrequently and near strangers with whom you share some familiarity. I love a weak tie. (laughs) I love a strong
1: tie too, but I also do love a weak tie. And I honestly have really missed them. Me
0: too. And I didn't even realize how much I missed them until I read this article. And I was like, Holy shit, you're
1: right. The article says, tools like Zoom and FaceTime, useful for maintaining closer relationships, couldn't recreate the ease of social serendipity or bring back the activities that bond us together. Yeah. How fun <laughs> is just getting a drink with a coworker or two after work? Yeah. I – oh, my God. I mean, I'm unemployed currently, but <laughs> I, I miss that so So much. Yeah. I cannot wait to just be like, do you want to go grab a drink? Like, let's go like complain about work together at this bar that's down the street. Yeah. I had a fun little breakdown last weekend and I went to my sister's. Cute. (laughs) To like get out of my house and like see humans. Because when I'm having a mental breakdown, social interaction helps me. It was mostly about like finding a job and like, will I ever find a job? It's very fun. And she was like... You know, you're going to find a great job and eventually you're going to go back into the office and you're going to be able to go get drinks with your new coworkers that you're friendly with after work. And you're going to be like, do you want to walk across the street to get a sweet green? And then you're going to go get sweet green. And I was like, this is word porn. Like I'm aroused with this conversation. You are speaking my language. I need that in my life. And it made me feel so much better just thinking because like, you know. There's vaccines now, and it feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Thinking about that makes me so happy. And I watch TV shows, and I watch movies... And first of all, anytime I watch a TV show or a movie, I'm like, where's their mask? Right. You guys are not six feet apart. Like, I'm right. – It's crazy. But I'm also like, fuck, I miss that so much. Like, a party scene makes me want to cry. Because yeah. I'm like, I want to go to a party. I know. So badly and talk to people that I don't know.
0: <sighs> I know, girl. I, I'm obsessed. Let me just first say, I'm obsessed with the phrase social serendipity that they used yeah. in this article. I feel <laughs> yes. like that is the perfect – way to describe those interactions and like the concept, like it makes me giddy to think about social serendipity. Mm -hmm. It's so perfect. But I like really miss just like walking by a stranger and smiling at them. Right. And I still do. Same underneath the mask, but nobody knows. No one can tell. I don't know if
1: you (laughs) like, are my eyes changing that much when I do like a little smirk? I don't know. So like, I don't know, like what do people think about me when I'm like walking past them? Because I do smile at them, Mm -hmm. but probably it just looks like I'm staring at them.
0: Right, they like they a like, can't psychopath. <laughs> I know. I do the same thing. There was a really funny TikTok in the beginning of the pandemic with a girl who was like, "This is going to be how I smile after the pandemic's over." And it showed her smiling with a mask on, and the only way you can tell is that her eyes like got smaller because her yeah. cheeks went up. And then it was like her smiling with the mask off, except it was just her like squinting her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she didn't even move her mouth. She was just like, Oh my God. "Mm, That's so good. Wait, that's
1: like, that's kind of how it felt when I was the mascot at BU. Really? People would come up and take photos with me, and like, And you'd be smiling. Like, I'm obviously wearing a fucking dog suit. Nobody can see my face. But I always felt really weird just like not smiling for the photo. So so I would always smile under the dog suit.
0: Dude, it's literally like social conditioning. It's so crazy. That's so so insane. But yeah, even just. Seeing the lower half of a human's face is like exhilarating to me. Like that's yeah. that the fact that we haven't seen people's mouths in a year. Like I know, what? and I really do
1: love people's mouths. <laughs> right, I love teeth.
0: Like, I'm a, a big sucker teeth for person. a smile, girl. A sucker for a smile. I really I love am. giving smiles. They're my favorite. That's how. That's why I fell in love with Stephen. Was his smile. Like, aw. You, you're telling me I can't fall he in love with anyone nice ever smile. again? Because I can't see their smiles? No. No, you can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm married, no, but like, come on. Yeah. That's true. That's how I fall in love
1: with like all strangers on the street. Exactly. is if They smile at me. I'm just like, wow, I love you. You smile at me,
0: and your smile's cute. Like we're done. You like smile, let's go. I smile. <laughs>
1: oh, 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 you smile. I smile. Okay. I smile. I smile. I smile. You smile.
0: I smile. Wait, what is this song? I don't know this song. Oh my god,
1: it's called "You Smile." It's by
0: Justin Bieber. Oh, I don't know it. Sorry. The fuck. I'm so upset. Anyway. Anyway, back um, to COVID. Yes. Back to the article. I worried, and I still worry, about how I'm going to readapt to having people nearby me like that and having those kind of, like, social serendipitous interactions, like – I really – I do worry. I think it will come back pretty naturally for a lot of
1: us, especially, like, you and me who are social beings. Yeah, It has been one year, which obviously feels like forever, but in the grand scheme of things, one year compared to, like, the 26, 27 years of life we've had. Like, I think it took us so long to get used to the way that things are now. Because we were so used to living the way we were living for 26, 27, however many, however old you are, years. Yeah. I think when we go back, it's going to be hard, obviously, because I think this year has been so intense and it's literally felt like five to 10 years. I feel pretty good that like once society kind of returns back to normal, I feel like it's going to be okay.
0: Would you say that you have fully gotten used to life now?
1: No. Yeah, me neither.
0: Absolutely not.
1: I feel like... I have to be. Like, we don't have a choice. We have to be just, like, okay with it. I have to think, like, this is just temporary and I don't want to get used to it. Yeah. The other article, it's called, The Pandemic is Showing Us Which Friendships Are Worth Keeping. By Lisa Bonos. And I think somebody wrote in, actually, that was like, it's making me realize who like, yeah,
0: I'm, I Yeah, that's true. We did around. have a few people say that. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's one sentence here that says, This time of hunkering down doesn't leave much room for those casual friends or acquaintances you might have met for drinks or lunch every six months. Social media tricks its users into thinking they have hundreds or thousands of friends, but most of them are not people you'd confide in or rely on. Okay, I... Agree. Yeah. But also, mm-hmm. I have something to say. <laughs> Those casual friends or acquaintances are so important for my happiness. Yeah. For I love having drinks with somebody every six months. I love it. Yeah. I'm like, great. See you another six months. <laughs> Incredible.
0: Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, it's, we've talked about it before, but like the fulfillment that you get from a friend who's like, not your bestie is different than the fulfillment you get from somebody in your very close inner circle. Totally. And you need both. What they said on there about like, we think we have all these friends and like this pandemic showed us that we don't actually have as many friends as we think we do. I think there is some truth to that. Totally. I do think it depends on the person too, because for you and I, we have a lot of close friends. So... Mm -hmm. While we haven't been able to keep up as much as we normally would with the further out periphery friends, Mm -hmm. we still have a lot of people who are like still really close to us and still part of like our regular rotation of who we communicate with. And I think for other people, you know, they only had maybe five people in their close friends. So for Mm. them, they're like, oh, I'm actually not friends with that many people. I'm only friends with these five people. I thought I had 200 friends. But
1: I feel like I've had that thought before in this year. I've had that thought a good (laughs) amount where I'm like, I don't have that many friends, actually, which compared to other people, maybe I have more. But to me, because I'm not seeing those acquaintances and I'm not catching up with people that I knew briefly or like friends from college that I'm like just friendly with. Like, I miss those people so much. So I feel like I don't have those people in my life. So I feel like I have less friends. Like, I definitely feel like I have less friends these days, which is really sad for me because I really pride myself on having having a lot lot of friends. friends. (laughs) (laughs) Like those casual mean. friends, I miss them so, so much. Yeah. Even like friends of friends. Mm. Like if I was visiting my friends that live in LA, I would see their friends that I know. I love them. I love seeing them, but I I haven't seen them. I haven't spoken to them. There's nothing to really talk about with them even, yeah. you know, besides the pandemic.
0: Yeah. I Well, I kind of feel like having social media during this time period has been almost a saving grace for those things too because – like this article says like those friendships are really they live in your phone and like instagram and twitter and stuff And, and that's the way that we've kept up with them during this entire pandemic and it Almost it doesn't completely satisfy the need, but like it almost feels the same as being able to just know what they're doing and talk to them and keep up with them a little bit more. I
1: will say, I feel like most friends, even the ones that are really close, are on your phone
0: these days. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> If they didn't used to be, now they're predominantly on your phone.
1: Most of your friendships are predominantly on your phone or your computer. So much less time is being spent with friends in person, which that is going to take a toll on society, I think, for sure.
0: Yeah, although one of these articles, I think it was the first one, the one from The Atlantic, actually talks about, um, they do talk a little bit about the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic and then the Mm. following Roaring Twenties and how that was like the response of people getting back to normal and getting back to life was like they all went fucking wild because they had been pent up in a pandemic for an entire year. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I do think that that is probably a very good example of what is going to happen with us, too, in our society. We're going to have another Roaring Twenties, which is kind of lit. Oh, yeah, it's so lit.
1: <laughs> I wonder how social media and the internet is going to affect that. Because in the in 1918, the internet didn't really – it wasn't a thing. That's true. You not have social media. It was not a thing. <laughs> it was not a thing. So, like, I'm interested to know – The difference between those roaring 20s and the next roaring 20s, like Mm. what is going to happen? Because I I agree. I think we're all going to get vaccinated and we're all going to go fucking wild. I'm already planning an absolute banger on my rooftop June 12th. (laughs) You're all invited.
0: Amazing.
1: As long as you're vaccinated, you can come. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like I think that's going to continue for a while. Like people are going to go fucking crazy. And I'm very excited about that. But I still wonder about people's brains and the effect that back. like just social media being so prevalent and the only way that we're communicating with people now, are people going to know how to communicate with people in person?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. It's different. It is. I don't know. I do think some things are going to change. I pray, as I've said before, that we never handshake again. Like I would love to never <sighs> have another handshake. I'm so fucking over them. And that would be, like, really cool with me if we were like, yeah, handshakes are sanitary. Why do we even do them? Right. Like, maybe let's stop doing That's that. That's fair.
1: Well, and, like, there are other things that I hope will will stay the same, like the fact that they're cleaning the MBTA significantly God, more. Yeah, for
0: real? Like, let's keep that going. Yeah, let's down, keep that train going. Keep, am I right? Oh, yes. Let's down to keep public transportation <laughs> clean. Let's continue that. We were living in squalor before.
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah There's another quote in here that I just I don't know if I agree with this (laughs) This woman Shasta Nelson Who's a friendship expert Who's written several books on how to maintain healthy relationships Finds that people who are prioritizing fewer pals And are going deeper with them Are feeling more connected Mm -hmm. Okay So (laughs) I don't agree But maybe that's just my friendships Like maybe my friendships just don't feel like they're going any deeper And I don't feel more connected to them Mm. Do you feel more connected to your, like, close friends?
0: Well, here's the thing. I already felt a very deep connection with my closest friends. Do feel? Yeah. I don't know if there would be a possibility to even go deeper. Does that make sense? Because of who I am and, like, my right. comfort with being really vulnerable about how I'm feeling with the people who are the closest to me. I don't think that I could get deeper with them. And I definitely don't think Mm. that our friendship did get deeper because, again, I don't think we could have gone any deeper in this pandemic. Yes. (laughs) Although I will say there are definitely people who I'm friends with who I didn't talk to as much. Like, they've come closer to me in my circle than they were before. And so in that way, I've introduced new people to the vulnerability that didn't get to experience it before.
1: Interesting. Okay, so that's different than what this person is saying. Right. Because they're saying you're prioritizing fewer pals and going deeper with those pals. Right. But you were already deep as fuck with those few pals. (laughs) So you have now become deeper with other pals. You've actually expanded. Yeah. Those deep connections. I would say so. I feel like I've gotten farther away from the people that I used to, like, really, be really close with. Yeah.
0: You just, like, aren't deep with the people who you used to be deep with.
1: Yeah, I just feel like I have nothing to say that's deep. Is that <laughs> depressing? I just, like, don't – I don't know. I just feel like there's nothing to talk about.
0: Mm, I think that's fair.
1: I feel like also just the fact that, like, this has taken such a toll on everybody's mental health, which no one's really talking about. But, like, when I'm feeling anxious in any way, my – initial reaction is to like hole up and like not talk mm. to anybody, which is obviously the opposite of what's going to help me because I'm an extrovert and I need actual human interaction. Right. So I feel like because of that, I now avoid sharing things. Hmm. Hmm. If that makes any sense.
0: No, it does. It does make sense. And I do think like for me, when I'm like on the verge of or or when I'm going through like an actual mental breakdown, that also is my response is to not reach out to or connect with other people because it's like too overwhelming to have to talk to someone else about what I already am struggling to talk to myself about and like think about and understand. But
1: Yes, which I think is because we're empaths. Wait, hear me out. Yes. I think I just had a light bulb. Yep, I think the reason that you and I do that is because we don't want to deal with feeling the other person's emotion. Toward our situation Mm -hmm. when we tell them Mm -hmm. It's like emotion inception Where like (laughs) if we share what we are feeling to other people Then they start feeling a certain type of way towards us And then we feel that emotion for them Mm -hmm. Which is just not even helpful Yeah Oh, Oh, I can't wait to tell my therapist about that
0: Well, and also 100% that is definitely part of it And also you might resonate with this too I am a person who... When I am going through something and I tell a person about it, I want to reciprocate them supporting me by me supporting them. So if so, then I expect, and I'm sure my friends also know this very well about me at this point, they also expect that if I share something with them, they can share something with me and we can help each other. But when I'm in the pits of despair, I can't support them because I'm barely holding my own self up.
1: Absolutely. And that
0: was what was, for me, the biggest trigger in my like most recent breakdown. Yeah. If people reached out to me to complain or commiserate or rant or vent or whatever it is, things that normally would be completely fine and that I would love to help them with and I would be there for, yes. I had to completely cut them off because I could not. Oh,
1: yes. I couldn't absorb
0: uh-huh. their energy. I was already like a dripping sponge with my own.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel that so much.
0: <laughs> Damn, it's hard out here to be an empath. It really you. fucking is. Actually, um, I also wanted to say there's a quote from that expert, Shasta Nelson, that was in that same paragraph. She said, the pandemic gave us this collective permission to talk about the hard things going on in our lives without shame. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I do and I don't agree, I think. I think that in environments where we weren't previously given the space to talk about that kind of stuff, for example, at work, like that's the one I keep thinking of, Mm -hmm. there was a new allowance for us to be vulnerable and honest and emotional yep. that didn't used to exist. That's very true. Yeah. And that was like a huge deal in my, personally, like in my work culture, because mm-hmm. there's definitely this idea of like, you know, you leave your home life at home and your work life at work and you can't have emotions because it's just a job and it's business, not personal and blah, 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 blah like all that crap that we're inundated with. Right. And... Even though, like, my company tries to work against that, like, it obviously still exists. So I do think that it was kind of nice to have that shift culturally within the workspace. But I think that there actually was more shame than ever in sharing difficult times. Yep. Because everybody was absolutely. going through the same shit and it was like oh you're mm-hmm. going to be selfish and talk about how you're sad that you can't see your you know yep. sister or whatever when somebody else's grandpa is currently in the hospital dying and they can't even yep. say goodbye absolutely yeah. absolutely <laughs>
1: i think there's so much more judgment outside of work i think you're correct that this sentence is very accurate for work because i feel like especially with everybody working from home you have to give people more grace oh, right my God, like i yes. was in an interview yesterday and I was literally in the middle of my elevator pitch, like, explaining my my <laughs> fucking last five years, which I want to die. I hate that so much. <laughs> but I was in the middle of it, and his kids ended up
0: coming oh. into the room. <laughs>
1: and I was like, oh, they're so cute. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, like, "Yeah,
0: what is he going to do, you know? Right, and what are you going to do, like? Well, this interview is over. Like, come on, the guy has kids. (laughs) Right.
1: So I feel like, yes, like there's aspects of people's personal lives that are definitely coming into play more at work. So I think the shame of that is gone. But 100% what you're saying, I think there's so much shame. Otherwise, you're just comparing what you're doing to what other people are doing. And that's shameful. I would argue that it's a more shameful time than ever, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. Outside of work. Yeah. Because I agree with that part, but in friendships
0: and everything else, like it's just more shame than ever. Well, and the problem too is like everybody was thinking about, I need to acknowledge the fact that I, it could be worse. And I think that mm-hmm. that's important to do in a lot of situations to acknowledge that it could be a lot worse and to be grateful for the good things that you have. But that leads into this concept of toxic positivity where you're Mm. no longer allowed to feel sad about things that are sad. And really, I mean, people say like comparison is the thief of joy, but it also can be debilitating when it comes to sorrow and loss and Mm -hmm. grief. Your grief is not lessened by someone else's grief. Right. We're all
1: suffering. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm like dealing with the loss of seeing close friends and walking across the street to get sweet green and whatever else. And I'm really sad about that. But I also have friends whose grandparents have died and whose
0: parents were sick and who lost their sense of taste and smell, right? Like Yeah, who had COVID themselves or who lost their jobs or were laid off or something present right. <laughs> and i'm like
1: jen get over yourself but then i'm also like no like i'm sad and i can be sad yeah so yeah i get that too but there's a lot of shame in in sorrow yeah Oof, that should be a lyric i gotta text eric about that
0: <laughs> oh yeah you should
1: <laughs> there's shame and sorrow
0: fuck i want him to write a song about that Well, on that very uplifting note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're so depressing this episode. Honestly, Sorry. it's tough. And I think, I mean, the reason why we started this podcast was because we are very passionate about friendships. We're passionate about these relationships that we have that are completely platonic, but are so full of love and caring and support and light in our lives. And we understand how complicated that they really are. And Mm -hmm. And we understand that, like, while complicated, they can also be extremely rewarding. And trying to understand that dynamic is difficult and something that a lot of people don't do. And I think the reason why we started doing this in a pandemic, yeah, partially because we had a lot more time on our hands, but also (laughs) partially because this was one of the most challenging periods for our friendships that we've ever lived through.
1: Yeah, clearly with the response that we got on the internet. Haley, when you have dealt with hard friendship situations in this pandemic, What has been the way that you've overcome them? Those hard things.
0: Mm. Usually talking to someone else to verify that I'm not wrong to feel the way that Mm -hmm. I felt helps a lot. That's something that I've always done like my entire life. i constantly need validation from other people so I think that helped a lot with the really difficult periods and Mm -hmm. me too and especially because like the only camaraderie that we all had for a while was that we were all dealing with something really shitty at the same time and Mm -hmm. none of us knew how to handle it so having other people to talk to who were like, yeah, that's really difficult. And I think I probably would have handled it the same way you did made Mm -hmm. me feel so much better. What about you?
1: I think for me, what I have tried to do and tried to be better at, and I feel like this is something that we preach and me specifically, I preach often, but it's just so hard to do sometimes Mm -hmm. is just communicating yeah in a way that's beneficial for both parties and i think also really trying to again this is something that we preach like really really trying to align my expectations and update my expectations which honestly has been both of those things have been super hard because obviously communication is harder when you're not seeing somebody and it's harder to do over text or it's harder to do via facetime it's just harder to do in general and it's definitely something that I've really struggled with in the last year, which is so funny because it's literally my advice to everybody is just like communicate better. And
0: I <laughs> yeah,
1: can't, you do can't sometimes. take your own
0: advice. <laughs> I classic, literally cannot. I'm classic. such a fucking hypocrite.
1: <laughs> Dude, my biggest character flaw is that I'm a hypocrite. I know this about myself. Everybody it's fine. is in some way, though. <laughs>
0: like, it's not just you. <laughs>
1: Okay, but I am like, when I'm driving, I want to kill every pedestrian. And when I'm a pedestrian, I want to kill every driver. Like That's the hypocrite (laughs) I am. That's the type of hypocrite I am. That's perfect. But anyway, I think I've really struggled with communication. Uh, in this pandemic. And I I don't know if I'm getting any better at it. Just like telling people how I feel, being more open. But I've just been finding it really hard to be vulnerable these days. Yeah.
0: To my friends, which is weird. Let me tell you something, Jen. I know that you have gotten better at communicating and being vulnerable. And you know how I know it? Because I have too, because of no filter friendship. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. I don't think... I've ever felt comfortable being as honest as I have been doing this. And it hasn't been easy. It's been Mm. difficult. I mean,
1: we're 20...
0: two episodes into this which is crazy insane even just over the past 22 episodes we have developed and evolved so much that's true in our ability to communicate honestly and be vulnerable Mm -hmm. with each other and also with our listeners and by extension our friends because our friends are also our listeners you're not wrong talked for a while. Yeah. And we've had a lot of thoughts. I'm sure there's more that you guys, our listeners, probably want to talk about too, or maybe want to hear more about. So if you want to write in to let us know how you're doing, what's going on with you and your friendships, if you've had any issues with them, anything that's COVID related or not COVID related, Mm -hmm, you can mm -hmm. do that by emailing us at nofilterfriendship at gmail.com. That's NoFilterFriendship at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, we're also on the internet, (laughs) which is a pretty lit place these days. Yeah. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at NoFilterFriends with a Z. We'll probably be doing more polls like we did for this episode, honestly, because it was pretty fun. It was
0: so fun. I definitely think we're going to do that more, and I would love to do ones that are like, We'll probably do a lot more, like, themed ones like this as well, yes. where we have, like, a few questions around the same yeah. issue. Your input matters to us, to be honest.
1: Oh, yeah. So follow us there so that you can be part of the next poll. And also we have, like, sneak peeks and fun shit there. So it's pretty fun. It's a good time. Yeah. And, you know, hit the hit the
0: rate, review, subscribe button. You know, do it. Please. Do it all. Please five stars baby please you don't even have to write a lot i know the reviews that are currently on our apple podcast are like pretty beefy because people like really went in and wrote some wonderful things about us Which and we love them very Thank much you. for it but like you don't have to write that much you could just write like two sentences like we're like we'll take yeah. anything yeah. Like, honestly. Yeah, five stars, and then
1: Jen and Haley are cool, yes. and they did not force me to write this. Exactly. Send.
0: That's beautiful. <laughs> That's the perfect <laughs> review. Please write that. Thank you. Yes. Yes, it's yes. Good luck, everyone. Happy, happy yeah. anniversary. The worst anniversary <laughs> ever. Happy anniversary to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> we swear that there will be more uplifting episodes. <laughs> yes, we're
1: usually way more fun. Yeah, we're I like swear. really cool in real
0: life. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Fuck. come back next week and you'll hear some good stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, some more positive yeah. stuff. <laughs> Keep it positive mm. as you slap her to the floor. Keep it positive as you pull her hair and call her whore. <laughs> Bye, friends. Bye, friends. I feel like I sang a lot on this episode. I don't know why. I really was just in the mood.